0: Might help if I push the right button on the microphone. Is anybody excited to be at church today? We are, we are uh, excited about the vision that we believe God has given us for the new facility, and uh, our goal is to, um, it's all tentative to change right now, but our goal is to be in there hopefully at some point in the spring, and that by the end of 2021, we will be completely debt-free, and uh, we believe God's going to do a miracle, Amen. And so we've had uh, the inside, the inside plumbing, um, I think it's called the rough end and some other things that have been accomplished and hopefully um, the word is as of the end of this last week that hopefully this coming week or the week after uh, the construction portion on the inside, now that that is completed, we'll be uh, moving forward and so we're excited about that and believe that, man, I just, I just, I'm believing that God's going to use that building, come on, it's just a building. We are the church. It's just a building. But I believe that God's going to use that building uh, for people to walk into, uh, for us to be able to, to to see lives changed, to see people transformed, uh, to, to do ministry effectively, to pour into kids and, and all of those things. And so we are uh, excited about that. Also, the holiday serving. Man, be in prayer um, about what it is that, that God would have you to do. I know we are delivering the Thanksgiving baskets this week and uh, thank you to those of you that turned in items and signed up to deliver and signed up to cook turkeys and be a part of that outreach. And so we're going we're gonna to bless several families this holiday season uh, with a Thanksgiving meal that might otherwise not have one. And so it's going to be a good thing, and uh, we get excited about it every year. And then also our Christmas opportunities are coming up, and so be thinking about how you can serve, even through the month of December, and make a difference in somebody's life this holiday season amen and then christmas i get excited about christmas i know you hear me say this every single year i love the christmas season and uh, christmas at impact december 20th you're going to want to be here it's one of our favorite services of the entire year where uh, we just have christmas decorations and candlelight and we communion uh, have communion take communion together and read the christmas story and we sing christmas songs and it's just uh, it's this it's this really cool intimate way that we just come together and celebrate the birth of Jesus together. And so December the 20th we want you to be here for that as well. It's going to be a good time as we celebrate Christmas together. Um over the the past few weeks as we jump into uh, a brand new series, I feel like the Lord has been showing me a few things from a few different passages of scripture. Um, And then he kind of brought me to this idea of this series really to end the year. So for the next few weeks, as we kind of head into the Christmas season, we're going to be in a series, a new series that we're calling Finish Strong. Somebody say, Finish Strong. strong. And I don't think that God's desire, I heard it worded this way the the other day, I don't think it's God's desire for us to limp into 2021, (laughs) you know, just kind of. Any, has anybody had, and it's okay if you have, right? I've had these same thoughts. Anybody had the thoughts like, I just, I'm just, I just can't wait for this year to be over, right? Like something's magically going to transform and change when January the 1st, 2021 pops around. We're just like, you know, 2020 has been this crazy season. It's been this crazy year. Nobody saw this coming, right? It's funny that it's 2020, you know, it's like perfect vision and none of us saw this coming at all. Uh, but I also heard this the other day that I want to share with you is that God God is not in survival mode. (laughs) There might be some of us and maybe some of us that are watching online that we feel like we are in survival mode. We've lost jobs or we've had to transition or, you know, (laughs) there have been moments where we haven't gathered together and people have gotten sick and all of these different things. But here's the great news. The God that we serve has never been in survival mode. He's not sitting on the throne wondering how we're going to survive 2020 and he's not dreaming about 2021 and, and, and how everything's just going to change. I believe that his desire for us is for us to finish 2020 strong. Do you believe you can finish 2020 strong and, not, and go into 2021 in the way that God desires for you to go into the new year? And so we're going to be in this series for a few weeks that we're calling Finish Strong And for part one, I've titled this message today, if you're taking notes, uh, the title is simply this, Stand Strong. Stand Strong. We're going to finish strong, and in order to finish strong, we need to stand strong. And I'm going to give you some ways today uh, from a passage of scripture that I believe are, are some important ways that we need to adopt, some things we need to adopt in our lives so that we can finish strong, so that we can stand strong. Here at the end of the year and beyond. And so we're going to start today in Mark chapter 8. And so if you've got a Bible or if you've got the Bible app or you can follow along on the screen. Mark chapter 8 and we're going to read 11 or 12 verses and, and then we'll talk about it for just a few moments. But this is what it says. Mark chapter 8 starting at verse 27. It says, Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? So, such an important thing. Jesus asks a lot of questions, and there are a lot of really good questions that we need to consider in our own lives. He first says, Who do people, you're hearing people talk about me, who do people say that I am? Well, they they, they say that you might be Elijah, you might be John the Baptist. You know, there's all these rumors going around, and then Jesus looks them dead in the eye and says, But who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter, Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I want to pull out three things as we talk about standing strong today. Verses that I believe Jesus would want us to know through what he just said in these eleven or twelve verses that I believe we can either begin to stand strong. Maybe you haven't felt like you have been standing strong, or if you do feel like you've been standing strong, you can continue to stand strong. So what can we learn and apply in our lives during this time, this season that we're living in? Here's point number one today if you're taking notes. We've got to set our minds on God's purposes. Set your mind on God's purposes. And we just read it in verses 32 and 33. Look what this says. Again, it says, as he talked about this openly with his disciples, in other words, he's talking about everything that's about to happen to him. Jesus says, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples and reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan. He said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. You are seeing things from a human point of view. Not from the point of view that God has. You don't have God's vision. You don't know. You can't really see exactly what God is doing. You're just looking at it from your point of view. And many of us, if we were honest, we would be offended. (laughs) Even if it was Jesus in the flesh that turned around and said, Get behind me, Satan, and it's you standing there. (laughs) Wouldn't we be, we'd be like, Satan? Get behind me, Satan? Like you couldn't call me by my first name or my nickname or, you know, you changed my name from Simon to Peter and you're going to, like, get behind me, Satan? We would be offended. And as we read this, Peter had been quick to pronounce that Jesus was the Messiah. If you go back and look at what we just read, Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, people are talking about this, He says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter's the one who steps up and answers the question. Well, you are the Messiah. Peter was quick to stand up and answer the question that Jesus was asking. But I believe that there was something deeper to this statement. Jesus asked his disciples who they said that he was. And Peter was not only quick to say that Jesus was the Messiah, but he was also quick to rebuke Jesus for saying things that he didn't believe Jesus should be saying and we could say it in this way Peter had the right answer but not the right understanding (laughs) Peter had the right answer oh how many of us have the right answer but maybe not the right understanding When somebody asks us, are you a Christian? Yeah, we have the right answer. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, we have the right answer. When you're going through that, what what is the answer to what you're going through? And we know that Jesus is the right answer, but maybe we don't have the right understanding. Maybe we are only seeing things from a human point of view and not seeing from God's point of view. Peter, who would later stand up and preach the first message and thousands of people would get saved after being filled with the Holy Spirit. In this moment... I'm sure he was feeling good about himself. Well, who do you say that I am? Well, you are the Messiah. Jesus said, that's right. Peter's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> and then right after Jesus is explaining what the Messiah's purpose is and what's going to happen to him, Peter pulls him aside. I find it interesting that the Bible says that Peter pulls him aside to rebuke him. I wonder how many of us in this room have some things or somebody that's pulling us aside, and we're we're trying to serve God, but there are some things in your life that I I, I picture this. Can I get Can I get somebody to help me, uh, Dustin? Will you help me? Come on up here. <laughs> yeah, come on, clap for him, so it's not this awkward moment while he's walking up here. So, Peter, you're going to be Peter for just a minute. Peter, what I find interesting is Peter and the disciples are standing here, and they're all gathered together. And Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up, and he says, well, you're, you're the Messiah. And Jesus is like, you're, you're right. I'm glad you understand that. Now, let me explain some things to you. And right after that, Peter pulls Jesus. I can imagine this. Peter's like, Jesus. Jesus is teaching them something, telling them something. And Peter says, <laughs> you know, that's, that, why well, does love what you're teaching? Guys, can you excuse us for just a moment? I just need to talk to Jesus for a moment. And here's, here's what I find interesting about this, this encounter is that Peter pulls Jesus aside to basically tell him, you know, you don't, why are you saying that? You don't need to be saying that. It says that he rebukes him. For what he was just saying and even though Peter might have had good intentions I love what Jesus does and look at look at this this really quick I want to look at this in the Amplified Bible because I love the way that it words it in in verses 32 and 33 it says he was stating the matter plainly not holding anything back talking about Jesus then Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him but turning around with his back to Peter and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for your mind is not set on God's will or his values and purposes, but on what pleases man. Here's what, here's, here's what this looked like. Are you with me? Jesus gets pulled aside by Peter, and Peter's like, Jesus, you don't want to be saying that. You know, like, you're the Messiah, and you're about to take over. Like, we, know what, we know what was written. We've read what was written. And here's what Jesus does. To the human point of view, to the point of view that is pleasing man that he would tell us about, Jesus says, and as he's looking at the other disciples, he says, get behind me, Satan, because you're not thinking about what God's will is and what God's purpose is and what God's plan is you're only seeing things from a human point of view in other words you're only seeing what you want you don't want me to have to go through that you don't want me to die I am your comfort oh I'm about to preach this somebody somebody is looking to Jesus to be their comfort and when something difficult happens and we have the wrong point of view come on 2020 when we have the wrong point of view sometimes we're not seeing things in the way that we should be seeing them because we're worried about, well, this doesn't make me comfortable. This, does, this isn't what I want. This isn't what my opinion would be. This isn't the way that I would see it done. And Peter pulls Jesus aside, and I love that Jesus turns his back to that point of view to teach the other disciples the right point of view. You can go, go sit down. Come on, give him a hand. Listen, listen. Listen, here's what I felt like the Lord told me to tell you today before we move on to point number two. Some of you, there is something or somebody or some scenario, some situation that has pulled you aside. And at one point this year, at one point in your life, you were serving God. You were declaring that he was the Messiah. You were going to follow Jesus at all costs. And there has been something that has pulled you aside and it's got you back over here in the corner and it's lying to you and it's talking to you and it's trying to tell you something and it's trying to show you well you know they shouldn't be doing that well you know you shouldn't be doing this well you shouldn't be saying that well this year has just been really hard you know why don't you just give up well i just can't wait for 2020 to be over and 2021 to get here and for some of us in the room today we need to physically turn our back To that point of view and stop listening to the lies that the enemy is trying to tell us. And we need to walk back over here in the position that God has put us in and declare boldly that I am going to focus my point of view on God's purposes and not on what pleases me, not on what pleases other people around me, not on what I think should be happening, but on what God says is happening. Well, you've got to set your mind on God's purposes. If you don't set your mind on God's purposes, you're going to find fault in everything. In everything. Well, what in the world is going on in in the world? And I'm reading all these come on Twitter posts and Facebook posts and all these things going on right now. And 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 all. Listen, I'm just I'm just telling you, you can take it or you can leave it. God has a point of view. And we have a point of view. And we've got to renew our minds to be able to see God's purpose and God's point of view so that we can continue to persevere and endure and move forward in the midst of chaos, in the midst of whatever the enemy's trying to do. We need God's point of view. We have to set our minds on God's purposes. God, what are, what are you doing in this season? What do you want to do through me in this season? Show me open. I've, I've, I've said it before, but I love where Elisha is, is out, and they're surrounded by the enemy, and his servant is there, and his servant gets up and says, Oh, my goodness, can you see all of the enemy that's around us? And, 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 his, and, and Elisha's prayer was, Lord, will you open his eyes? <laughs> Did you notice that he didn't freak out? When somebody brought him the bad news, (laughs) do you see, you know, his servant pulls him aside. Do you see that we're surrounded by our enemy and it's just us? And he says, Lord, will you open his eyes to see your purpose, to see that we're not just surrounded by our enemy, but that you have our enemy surrounded. And there are way more that are for us than those that are against us. You got to get God's point of view. You've got to set your mind on God's purposes, on God's purposes. A second thing that we can take away from this passage of Scripture to help us to be able to stand strong and to finish strong, I believe, is simply this. Keep following. It's worth it. Keep following, it's worth, well, it's hard. Keep following, it's worth, well, I don't understand it. Keep following, it's worth, well, it just seems real difficult. Keep following, it's worth it. Well, do you see what's going on in the world? Keep following, it's worth it. Keep, if you're going to stand strong, you're going to have to make up your mind, I'm going to keep following because I know that it's worth it. I know in the end that we win. Come on, somebody. After Jesus shares about his suffering that he must endure and the fact that he's going to be killed and raised from the dead. He makes it clear to the crowd. Come on, it says he brings the crowd closer. And he makes it clear to them that they uh, there that the principle of suffering would apply to them too. He he tells them, he says, get behind me, Satan. You're only thinking from a human point of view. You're not seeing God's purposes. You're not seeing from God's point of view. And so I'm not going to listen to this lie. I'm not going to allow this to get into my mind. I'm not going to allow this to get into my heart. Oh, and by the way, all of these things that I've just been saying, they're going to probably apply to you too. And so if you want to be my follower then you need to be prepared. In fact, this is what it says. If we go back to verse 34 and start there, it says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must right they've been kind of following him around and and checking out his teaching and he's he you know, he's fed 5,000 men and you know, some people think it's about 20,000 people with men, women, and children there. Uh, and then and and now he's teaching them about, well, this is this is what I'm going to have to endure. And, and, and then he goes on and he says, listen, if, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, not for anything, if, you will, if you're willing to lay down your life and die to yourself for my sake, for the sake of Jesus, and for the sake of the good news and what he has done for the entire world, then you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And I want to point this out and kind of elaborate on this for just a moment. Jesus gives us three things that I believe we must do if we want to be his follower. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, and then he lists three things. And this is what he says. He says, give up your own way. In other words, submit to his way instead of your own. Take up your cross, die to yourself, absolute surrender, and follow him, 100% trusting in his leading. Jesus pulls the crowd, like, you're following me around, you're kind of interested, you're, you know, like, I I need you to understand something. If you want to be my follower, you've got to give up your own way, die to yourself, and absolutely surrender to me, and 100% trust me. In every area of your life. If you want to follow me. You've got to die to yourself. Give up your own way. And trust me. When we're we're going here. You've got to trust me. Well why do we have to trust you Jesus? Because it's not always going to look like what you think it ought to look like. Why do I need to take up. Take up my cross, what are you talking about? Because there's not always going to be everybody that's going to like you and that's going to accept you. And there are going to be people that, that are going to come against you and the enemy is going to come against you because you are following Jesus. It's, it's, it's not always going to be easy, but listen, keep following, it's worth it. Keep following, it's worth it. There's an old song and I can't remember, I, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it basically said it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going it. to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it. And what a great reminder. (laughs) Maybe you need to wake up every single day and just tell yourself it's going to be worth it it's gonna be worth it. I don't know what's what, what I'm gonna to face today, but it's gonna be worth it to follow Jesus. I don't know what's coming against me today, but it's gonna be worth it to follow Jesus. I know that I used to have these three friends and they walked away because I made the decision to follow Jesus, but it's gonna be worth it because today I'm making the decision to follow Jesus. Come on, it's the most important decision that you can make and you've gotta make up your mind, I'm gonna keep following, I'm gonna keep following, I'm gonna keep following because it will be worth it. In other words, we can say, That following Jesus looks like this. I have submitted to God's way, absolutely surrendered everything to him, and trust his leading in every area of my life. I have submitted to God's way. I have absolutely surrendered everything to him, and I am trusting his leading in every area of my life. And then Jesus elaborates on this point by telling us that if we're going to try to hold on to our lives, come on, this seems backward. You ever ever notice that a lot of things that you may read in the Bible or that Jesus said and, and you process that and you're like, that just seems backward. That seems like the opposite of what, like, I should be protecting my life. I should be trying to keep control and make sure that things are still in my control. And Jesus says, listen, if you try to hold on to your life, you will actually lose it. If you try to control your life, you will actually lose it. If you try to make sure that everything goes your way in your life, you will actually lose it. If you try to hold on to your life, you will actually lose it. But if you will give up your life for what? For Jesus. If you will give up your life to follow Jesus. If you will give up your life to make Jesus known. If you will give up your life for the sake of the good news and the gospel, then Jesus tells us those that are giving up their life, they will actually save their life they will actually save their life if we try to hold on and we just uh, you know try to hold on so tight we end up losing our life in the end but when we surrender our life to Jesus and we say you know what I'm going to keep following I'm going to keep following I'm going to keep following then we actually gain life we actually save our lives Listen, if we try to keep ourselves from inconveniences and difficulties that come with following Jesus, we will miss out on the abundant life that Jesus wants us to have. I think that, I I can't think of any better way to really explain what I think Jesus is trying to tell us. That if you try to hold on to your life, you actually lose it. In other words... If you keep trying to avoid every inconvenience and every difficulty that comes because you're following me, you're actually going to lose out on the abundant life that I have for you. You think that by avoiding those things that you're gaining life, but you're really not. You're avoiding the things that may come against you because you are my follower, and because of that, you're actually losing your life. You are missing out on the abundant life that I have planned for you from the very beginning because you are trying to avoid everything that is difficult that comes with following me if you try to hold on to your life and control everything you'll actually lose it you're going to miss out but if we deny ourselves and die to ourselves and pursue God's purposes come on. and it sounds terrible doesn't you say that and it's like I got to die to myself that sounds awful I got to die to myself listen what that means is that you are just laying listen salvation repent Follow Jesus, repent, believe, repent, believe. In other words, repent means I'm going this way, I repent, I am turning around, and I'm going to follow Jesus because this is the direction that Jesus is going. And I'm leaving this behind. It's that same picture of I'm turning my back on this point of view, I'm turning my back on the sin that has had me entangled, I'm turning my back on all of these things, and I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm dying to myself and I'm going to follow after Jesus. And whatever he tells me to do, wherever he shows me to go, wherever he leads me, I'm going to continue to follow him because I know that if I continue to lay down my life, I actually save it. If I continue to lay down my life every single day, then Jesus has said you will actually save your life. You will actually, in, you will actually encounter abundant life. If you will lay down your desires, your human point of view, and pick up his point of view, you'll experience true life. I think some of us sometimes work harder at avoiding inconveniences and difficulties than we do serving the Lord. And I I know, you know, we have four kids, and sometimes, if if you've ever been a parent, have you ever made a comment like this to where you've told your kids, you've said, if you would work as hard on what you're supposed to be doing as what you are working to get out of what you were supposed to be doing, you would already be done by now. (laughs) And I think some of us, and then, what if we turned that on ourselves? What if there are some of us in the room that we are working harder to avoid inconveniences and difficulties that come with following Jesus than we actually are trying to follow Jesus? And Jesus is like, if you would just follow me, we could be there. If you would just keep following me and just work through that, and I'm walking, I've told you, I'm never gonna leave you, never forsake you. I've sent the Holy Spirit, He is living on the inside of you, and He is your comforter, He is your helper. We're gonna make it through. You are more than an overcomer. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't mean that no weapon is gonna be formed, but the weapons that are formed won't prosper. But we're working so hard to avoid all the weapons. And Jesus is like, Well, we can we just keep walking? Can we just keep serving? Can we just keep moving forward? Will you just keep living for me and laying down your life and not work so hard? (laughs) And I just had that picture in my mind of, 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 of parents telling their kids, like, if you would work on your work, on what you should be doing, as hard as what you're working to try to come up with a reason that you don't want to do it or why you can't do it, we would already be finished. Going after worldly things at the expense of what God's purpose is, is in essence it's worthless and it's pointless and it will never truly satisfy us. And we're not giving up our own way to lose something, we're giving up our own way to gain everything. We don't give up our our own way like Jesus was was saying, if you want to follow me you've got to give up your own way, you've got to die to yourself, you've got to take up your cross. We're not doing that to lose something, we're doing that so that we can gain everything. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14 Jesus says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. We're not going to read it for the sake of time but Jesus also tells us, he says you need to count the cost. It, It It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus, but my encouragement for you today is to keep following because it's worth it. (laughs) He says it's going to cost you. He says there's going to be persecution. He says there are going to be trials. He says there are going to be difficulties, but keep following me because those that continue to lay their life down, those that continue to follow me, they will gain eternal life. They will gain abundant life. You will actually gain everything by laying down your desires, by laying down your way. Following Jesus and being a true disciple isn't always the easiest path and most popular path, but it's ultimately the most rewarding path, which ultimately leads to heaven and eternal rewards. And we can trust that He's the Good Shepherd we're following, that He's the one who guides and protects, that He's the one whose goodness and mercy follows us as we follow Him. And there's eternal life by following Jesus, and there's eternal reward. By following Jesus. And I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says in verses 17 and 18. Paul writes and he says, For our present troubles, you need to get this in your heart today. You need to get this in your spirit today. You need to get this in your soul today. That for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Come on, anybody been walking through something and you feel like it's lasting forever? Like, is this ever going to get better? Is this ever going to get, you know, am I ever going to receive this? Am I ever going to get there? Am I ever, like, is it ever going to get easier? Is it ever going to get better? And Paul says, Our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. In other words, Paul is saying, you feel like this is going to last forever, but this is just a short season. This is just a short time. And what you're walking through right now is actually producing a glory that vastly outweighs everything that you're walking through. You're walking through that thing, and it's producing something that will outweigh everything that you've had to walk through. And he says, because of that, we don't look at what we're walking through. We look at eternity. Because this is just short season. These things will pass away. And so we fix our eyes on things that cannot be seen. We fix our eyes on eternity and things that will last forever. And here's the last thing as the worship team comes back today. The last thing that I believe will help us to stand strong. I'm telling you, in the times we're living in, in the world that we're living in, as you read the word of God, we have to learn and we have to make up our minds that we will stand strong. How do we do it? We set our mind on God's purposes We keep following because it's going to be worth it. And point number three is don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Can I talk about this for just a moment? Don't be ashamed. At the very end of what we read, the passage we read in verse 38, it says, If anyone, Jesus is speaking to the the crowd that's there, and he says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days. The Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I like how Jesus is making the point, if any of you are ashamed, and I love how he words it, he says, in these adulterous and sinful days. Does anybody feel like we might be living in the days? (laughs) To where Jesus is saying, don't be ashamed of me and my message. In the time that you're living in. Don't be ashamed. I think this is the tendency that we have right now in our culture. Is to compromise. To give in. Check this out. To be politically correct instead of biblically correct. We could preach a whole message on that right there. The tendency in our culture is to be politically correct over being biblically correct. We have a tendency to just let things go, to not rock the boat, to compromise on the message that Jesus brought and what God's word says. And I believe that God is looking for people who won't back down when things get tough, who won't give in when things don't go their way, who won't walk away from the truth when it's questioned by culture. Some of us need to figure out what the truth is. Because there is one absolute truth. And let that be the truth and everything else be a lie. (laughs) And we can't be ashamed and we can't back down in the time that we're living in from what the truth is. We can't afford, listen, we can't afford to be politically correct over being biblically correct. Because one of them will pass away The other one will go on forever. And people, listen to me, people that are searching in their life right now, and maybe you're sitting in this room, they're not looking for somebody that's politically correct. They might think they're looking for the person that's politically correct. They might think they're looking for the person that's going to do what they think ought to be done, but they are actually looking for what is biblically correct. They are actually looking for Jesus and what they actually need. We need to give people what they need. Not necessarily what they want. We can't afford to be ashamed. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me and my message when things get hard in the days that you're living in, then I'll be ashamed of you. In other words, he's letting us know there are going to be some adulterous and sinful days that you're going to be living in. Don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of my message. Don't be ashamed in that time. What does that tell me? It tells me that there's going to be opportunity and there's going to be a tendency to want to turn your back on what you know is right. To want to compromise on what you know is right. To want to walk this way just a little bit because it will make these people just a little bit more happy because this is kind of what they one, there's, there's gonna be a tendency to do those things, and Jesus says, don't be ashamed of me, and don't be ashamed of my message, don't be ashamed of the word of God, don't be ashamed of what I've already said, don't be ashamed of what I am speaking to you. You need to stand strong. Stand strong. No matter what times look like, we won't be ashamed. No matter what the culture looks like, we won't be ashamed. No matter what others around us may be doing or saying, we won't be ashamed. And I love what Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power, oh my gosh, it is the power. What is the good news about Christ? It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile." people need the good news and we cannot be ashamed of Jesus and the good news and what he did and the gospel in these times if there was ever a time when people needed to stand up and give Jesus to people it is now some of y'all are like why is he so fired up about this (laughs) because I'm telling you the truth I'm telling you the truth. We need to stop. How can I say this and maybe not offend you? We need to stop waiting for things to get better and start living. Like we know, we're, like the Word of God tells us to start living and doing what the Word of God tells us to do. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell people about me. Don't be ashamed of me. Like this is, this is what it looks like to be on mission. It's not based on what's going on around us. It's based on what we know God has said for us to do. It's based on his word. It's based on what he is speaking to us. Will you stand to your feet today? There were some things I put in here, and it was almost as I was typing these out. It was like a declaration of declaring this over ourselves and over our families and over our lives. And I was typing these out, and it was like I I had to come to a stopping point because I felt like I could just keep going and keep going and keep going. And some of the things that I felt like the Lord was giving me was just to declare that we won't compromise, that we won't give in, that we won't give up, that we will stand on the word, that we will not be ashamed, and that we will stand strong. This entire moment where Jesus has his disciples gathered in this crowd and he pulls them in. This entire moment. I believe it was a moment of new perspective. He said, who who are people saying that I am? But who do you say that I am? Okay, you got the right answer. Let me tell you what that looks like and what's going to happen to me and what's going to transpire and what's necessary. Something arises and he shows us, no, you can't. you you can't base it on human point of view you can't base it on your thought process and thinking it out You you can't base it on all of these things you've got to turn your back to the lies of the enemy that some of us have been believing for the last month and six months and nine months you've been believing a lie that the enemy has been whispering in your ear and I believe today Jesus would have me to tell you did you see how I turned my back on a point of view that was not God's purpose and it was not God's will and it was not the truth And sinful culture. Can I let you in on a little secret? Sin is not new. Jesus was speaking to these people. He said, listen, no matter no matter what the culture around you is doing, no matter what, what, what people are trying to push, no matter what, what human agenda might be he says let me give you a new perspective if you try to save your life you're going to lose it but if you lay it down every single day you'll actually gain it you'll actually save it and at the very end of this conversation he says don't be ashamed don't be ashamed of me Of me when not everybody's receptive. Don't be ashamed of me. When things look like they're going the opposite direction. Don't don't be ashamed of me. When you see sin all around you, don't be ashamed of me. When you see people that seem like they're turning their back. Don't 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 be ashamed of me in these times. But stand strong. Keep the faith. Finish the race give people Jesus love 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 will you bow your heads and close your eyes today I want to pray for you before we sing this last song but is there anybody in the room today maybe you're watching online and you can type it out or Maybe you just want to lift your hand right there where you are sitting in your living room or driving down the road. But is there anybody today under the sound of my voice that would say, you know what, it's time for me to stand strong. I want to finish 2020 strong. And that, be- that begins with me, with me standing strong, with me getting God's purpose in my mind, with me continuing to follow him no matter what it costs, no matter what it looks like. And for me not being ashamed, but... I'm going to stand strong. If that's you and you're ready to stand strong, maybe it's continue to stand strong or to begin to stand strong, will you just lift your hands right now in the presence of God? We will be people that stand strong. Lord, you see hands all across this room. Lord, people that are declaring, maybe for the first time in a long time, that we will stand strong. that we will keep the faith we're declaring today that we will finish the race that we will give it everything that we have that we're not laying down that we're not turning our back that we're not going to be ashamed but that we are moving forward in faith believing in Jesus following Jesus believing the word of God Lord, I pray right now over every person in this room, and those watching online, God, would you, would you give us a fresh feeling on the inside so that we can love those around us, so that we can love our brothers and sisters in Christ, so that we can love and share with those who may not know you or have a relationship with you or are walking through something difficult in their life. God, we tell you today, we want to finish strong. We want to finish strong. And Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, Lord, that they would receive prayer today that you would minister to our hearts as we sing this song and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.